Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CollegeToPro.com NFL Draft Black, the audio alternative for fans and NFL personnel to know NFL Draft prospects. Join host Bo Mashanti as he brings the next generation of tomorrow's NFL stars to you today. No more than the name. Welcome back to another edition of the C2P. I am your show host, Bo Marchanti. As always, we appreciate you stopping by Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere where you listen to your podcast. You can find these free and available. And we've sort of been on a brief hiatus. We were down at the Combine all last week, and now we're getting back into that draft mode of bringing you the next generation of these 2022 NFL draft prospect. We have a young man from Tuskegee, Stephen Hodges, the standout receiver. He was also down at the Dream Bowl earlier this year. But with that said, Stephen, you've had a fabulous career. I think you have a a, a wonderful skill set at the position, if you will. But uh, with that said, how is this afternoon treating you? Uh, it's, it's been it's been it's been a um it's been a uh, quite uh. Just new experience for me, just because of the fact where I come from a smaller school. So, just um, uh, getting to know a lot of people, having to reach out to multiple people, and find again, just find the resources to to get me to where I need to be. It's been really interesting, but it's like it's teaching me a lot about myself and about my character. So it's been very very interesting. Now, now I'm curious. I always like to begin the show by rewinding back to the Pop Warner Peewee days was Stephen Hodges, the kid scoring one touchdown after the next in Pop Warner or Peewee, were you the best one on the field from the get-go? <laughs> That's funny you say that. Actually, my I, I played Pop Warner in Bruin, Alabama at one point, and then I played in Montgomery, Alabama. So when I was in Bruin, I was like Olamin. I played Olamin in Bruin, and then when I moved to Montgomery, I played defensive line and I played fullback. And like my first two years here, I was I scored I scored some touchdowns. I wasn't just that guy, but I was you know I stood out on the field. I wasn't just like that guy scoring all the touchdowns and whatnot. But I I played my role in the team and whatnot. And then my last year of part one is just um yeah I played I played actually they moved me to uh one of the new coaches I had moved me to offensive line and that was just like a whole thing. But you know. Like I said, I was just basically a role player and um in part one, especially being new to the city. I, I had to establish myself a little bit first. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So I, now I'm I'm curious. So kind of take us through. So they got you playing O line, they got you playing D line, they got you playing some fullback as well, Stephen. When do you begin to emerge as the guy that we see? doing things at Tuskegee and, and becoming the playmaker that we, you know, all have witnessed at the collegiate level. When do you begin to kind of develop into that guy? Well, I always I always felt like being just being a kid playing, like, backyard football and stuff like that, I always felt like I had an ability. It just it came to a point where I needed people to believe in me as much as I believed in myself. Um, in, like, eighth grade, 
I played I played middle school football at Brubaker Middle School. I played fullback there, but I ended up uh, dislocating my hip, so I didn't really get to play that much until until high school, which is where I actually started playing. I played quarterback my ninth grade year at Jefferson Davis High School. I played quarterback then, and I actually got to play on varsity a couple <laughs> games, even though I was on the open team, but. I played varsity a little bit, and I got my first varsity start against Enterprise High School, <laughs> and it was just a uh, pretty good experience. And I think that's when I finally started becoming alone and finding myself as an athlete and a football player in my ninth grade year where I played quarterback. <laughs> I love it. So that, that is, I mean, that's almost a decade long, or I should have, almost half, close to it, though. So it took you almost to ninth grade before you really start getting the ball in your hands. That's Stephen. That's pretty cool. Once again, Stephen Hodge. Like for you being able to participate in the Dream Bowl and just have film, but now they get to know you as an individual. Can you kind of take us through that experience? Uh, can you say that again? I, uh, I, I didn't hear it. Kind of went out a little bit. Yeah, that the Dream Bowl experience. What down there and participate in the game and practices, and and then also being able to you know talk with teams and and let them know who you are as an individual. Okay. Well, yeah, the Dream Bowl. Actually, it was supposed to be like a a, a four day weekend four to five day weekend, but it ended up on the turn in being to like two or three days because it, we had a snowstorm that came in. So we only got to practice for a day and a half and we had the game on the second day of us being there. So we had the two, we had a practice one day, our first, like our second day there. Then the, the day after we had a practice that morning that we had to play that afternoon. So, I mean, it was a, it was, it was, at, and they were still a pretty good experience. I was just getting to meet new people mean different uh, players from other places and just being able to compete, being in a competitive environment again was a good thing. And um, there was a couple of scouts that I know for uh, the the Packers and the Ravens were there. Just learning, just kind of taught me how to learn how to talk to scouts and the things to say, well, not to say, and just being confident in yourself when you're talking to these scouts and selling yourself. Um, Also, just, yeah, like the being in the competitive environment was the most the biggest thing for me. Like, cause I'm gonna be a competitor, and I just love being to compete against people I never played against before. So it was pretty good actually playing with different people. Definitely, and I always ask this question of our guests, uh, Stephen: If we threw you in the film room with these NFL scouts, they're breaking down your tape. What do you think they're gonna love about you? I like to say that they're your homework, home run abilities that are going to want them to take a closer look at you and bring you aboard that 53-man roster? Oh, yeah. I feel like my playmaking ability and just my ability to um, just soak the game up as, as me at, while, while the game is going. So a lot of times, like a lot of teams, lot, like a lot of teams we played against play like zone against other men. And, my, and just my ability to find those holes in those zones and just make plays whenever my number is called because we was an eighty twenty we was an eighty percent run team twenty percent pass so we didn't pass the ball that much so when we did pass the ball I knew I had to make my uh, every opportunity counts so every time I try to catch the ball I try I literally try to score every time making the first man miss every time I catch the ball just catching everything 
and my route running ability and just my ability to be able to get open and create separation on my routes, I feel like they will um, stand out to the coaches. I played every special teams, and I was just I was on the field like 80, 80 to 90% of the game I was always on the field. So I feel like they'll <laughs> see that. What goes unnoticed? What goes what goes unnoticed here about your game? Uh, you could be a film junkie, a weight room warrior. Uh, maybe you mentioned that they okay, didn't pass yeah. the ball a lot, so you might have been afforded opportunities. What else do these teams need to know about you? Okay, so with the fact that we didn't pass pass the ball, I didn't. We didn't have that many route concepts and route combinations, so I feel like a lot of times, like those big home run balls and those just opportunities just to get get those long balls. Is, kind of decrease my, like, you won't see that on film as much. And also the fact that I'm the hardest working person on my team. Like, every, any team I play for, any any team, I don't care. I, I know for a fact I was the hardest working person on the team. You can ask any coach, any players. Like, I know for a fact I was the hardest working team, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's doing sprints. Like, I always put my best foot forward any time. I days, no couple of my teammates called me the workhorse. I was the workhorse of the team. And also, in me in the film room, like, the, my ability to break down film and break down coverages, like, I feel like I'm one of the best. Like, I just I just feel like I know the game so well sometimes. that, And it's been like this since high school. Like, I always studied defense as much as I studied offense. So I knew the defense just as well as I knew the offense. I'm definitely a film room junkie for sure. I love it. And what's it like playing against you, watching those highlights? I know I know when you get the first down, you're definitely doing the first down gesture like a referee. Are you chatty out there? Are you that diva-type receiver? It's third and eight. I'm lining up against Stephen Hodges as a defensive back. Kind of take us through that experience. Uh, I just know that the defensive back knows that he, uh, in his mind, I know I make every route look the same, so I'm always coming – selling a go ball. So every time I'm running around, I'm trying to sell like I'm going deep. And I know my right running be they kind of have a lot of DBs on their toes. So a lot of times they be kind of anticipating to press me and stuff like that. So, and I know me being me, I'm physical too. At the same time as I, I'm, I run good routes, I'm pretty, I'm pretty shifty in my, in and out of my cuts, but I'm pretty uh, uh, physical too at, at the top of my route. So I know if all this, if all this fails, I know the top of my route can always get open. And I, I'm not really a chatting. I'm not a diva. I like to consider myself more as a just a workhorse, and I know once I get in my groove, my mood, like I'm just, I just love football so much. Like I'm very passionate about football. Like my passion shows, like on my day, like doing the first, the first down thing. Like I think that's more so just me showing my passion for the game. I'm always smiling. I'm out there, like I'm just, I'm literally just out there having fun, especially when the game is going, going my way. Even if it's not, I'm always just having fun out there. Just make sure I'm just having fun. That's the best. I know when I'm having fun, I'm doing great. Fair enough. That's well well said, Stephen. I, I, I'm now I I, uh, I know uh, Madhouse Tracy Verner. Uh, I know you've been working out there. Uh, speaking now, now I believe uh, Auburn was an opportunity, but there was some transfer portal mishaps where it kind of that opportunity. What was that like? You know, having that opportunity knowing that you were going to go to that Power 5 program and then hear how that kind of unfolded the way it did? Well, honestly, it's, it's kind of like I'm not a person. I'm, I'm I'm optimistic, but at the same time, I'm always kind of like just on, on point with things because in high school, 
I only had one offer come out of high school, which is crazy still to me to this day. I let I try to let it go because of the past, but I only had one offer, which was Tuskegee, and I preferred walk on from UAB. So, like, I always felt like, you know, those opportunities kind of always been kind of, like, I always been had the short hand, short end of the stick sometimes, but I feel like God always places you where you need to be. But with the Auburn opportunity, when when uh, when I heard how it happened, I felt like man, this is the this is the breakthrough I I've been, I've, been, I've been praying for, I've been asking for, like it's finally happening. And then they get I get the call like, yeah, I'm just like I wasn't you know I just I didn't it kind of I'm human so it uh I got disencouraged a little bit but at the end of the day I know I got to keep working so I just kept on working I kept going to work out I never stopped. And then I ended up getting another opportunity with Louisville, and I hadn't tried with them. They really liked me. Like I felt like there was that there could have been a possibility, but my eligibility was a problem for them. Only well, I only had one year left for eligibility, so I kind of um, that situation happened. And then Sanford actually called me like right before fall camp started, and they was talking like all this good stuff, and then they just stopped talking to me. So it's kind of like. I'm kind of used to just being a bear of, like, getting the short end of the news, like the bad news, but I always feel like <laughs> God just always makes things happen how they're supposed to happen. So I kind of just, you know, yeah. just keep going, just keep pressing and keep working. Always been my thing. Uh, yeah, like I said, when uh, Tracy told me that, I said, yeah, that is a – and, again, you mentioned that that is a gut punch, and that, that probably takes a couple days to – to let it digest and then move on and kind of start grinding again. But uh, I think the one thing, and I definitely wanted to address it because anyone out there listening, you know, they might think, oh, this kid's from Tuskegee, but I I think it undermines that our five programs were looking at you. Auburn was, I mean, you were on your way, and then the mishaps of the eligibility things, you know, that kind of derailed it. But I just wanted to give you your props on them on our audience knowing that you really are the real deal in terms of ability to catch and make big plays at that receiver position. Once again, Stephen Hodges here on the C2P. Um, before we wrap things up, we always like to have a little fun. We call it three and out. A few lighthearted questions. You ready to take a shot with some of those? Yes, sir. All right. Now, Willie Slater is not the head coach anymore at Tuskegee, uh, Reginald Ruffin has taken over, but during Coach Slater's time, did he have any pet peeves at practice? Something that you would not do, or you're going to catch some hell if you did? Uh, I think his biggest thing was his biggest model was be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be at the right time. That was his biggest thing. Like, And I know for me, like I, I think since I've been in my five years at Tuskegee, my, I, I miss I was late to one practice, and that was my very first practice on my freshman year. We had a 5 o'clock morning practice. After that, like, I never missed a practice. I was never late. Like, I, I was on time. But I, I'm always that guy, um, like he said, we put in my we put in our head, like, be we supposed to be, we supposed to be, we supposed to be, like, that's just something that I just took and ran with. Even though I've always been like that, but, like, just college is, you know, it's kind of different because, you're like, you're on your own. Your mom's not make you wake up. Stuff like that, you gotta wake up on your own. So, yeah, when he, that's something I definitely took from him while I was at Tuskegee. Excellent. And uh, mentioning uh, Madhouse uh, training there, uh, if you could walk into the facility tomorrow and be the trainer, 
Is it going to be Tracy or somebody else on staff? If you could put them through a workout, make them sweat and feel a little pain, who are you going to pick and what are you going to make them do? Oh, Coach Chris, definitely. Just off the crazy workout you had us doing, man, I'll make him push this, pull the sled 100 yards 10 times like he did us. I'm going to make him bear crawl 100 yards like he make us do. I'm going to put him all through the, all the workouts he made us do times 10. So, yeah, definitely Coach Chris is going to have to get those workouts. <laughs> I love it. And then the final one, uh, draft weekend when you're waiting to hear your name called or if you're going to be priority free agent and find out where you land afterwards. Nonetheless, I'm sure you're going to be with family and friends. It's something you're going to be paying close attention to. That said, who is the best cook? in your family, and what would you like that person to have prepared as you celebrate that special day? Who is the best cook? No bias, no bias. I'm probably, I feel like I'm up there, but I'll probably have to give it to my my grandma Jesse and my grandma Betsy. They're probably the best cooks, and I'll probably have them cook me some, uh, some turkey necks, some charboard oysters, mm. some cabbage, Man, what else? Uh, and some chicken wings, probably, yeah. But I definitely got to have those charboard oysters and turkey necks. Those are my favorite right now. Dude, those charboard oysters, uh, that just sounds delicious. Uh, tell you what, if there's any way, if I'm in the vicinity on draft weekend near your home, I'm, I'm stopping by and I'm asking for a plate plate of those uh steven those sound pretty we do these sh- a lot of shows there's not too many things that really pique my interest of really like man i really wish i could try that you know a lot of people say hey you know this and that but that those sound excellent and if your grandma is making them we all know grandmas usually are the most dynamic cooks they know how to do things that we will never know how to do uh steven we're almost out of time we loved having you on we're love love to sharing you with our draft audience with that said stay humble Stay hungry, be blessed, and we can't wait to see you shake out and do your thing at the next level. No, I thank you. I thank you guys for the opportunity. No problem. Once again, Stephen Hodges, Tuskegee standout receiver, also a Dream Bowl participant, and we appreciate you joining us here on the C2P. This has been a C2P exclusive.